0: If you're on the lip of a big wave, just keep paddling. For sure. Just commit to it, because when you hesitate, that's when you get flogged the hardest. Fortune favors the brave. In that moment of shock, he just punched one of them in the face and walked off, and it just happened to be Andy Arden. <laughs> no way. <laughs> the surfer having the most fun is going to get better. The surfer not having fun right. may quit surfing. They might just plateau. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome to the Basis Surf Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Johnny Seifert, and... Um, I actually, we're going to get into how we met, but I met him a while ago. Uh, He runs a, he's a surf coach. He runs a surf school and uh, he packs some super heavy Mexican barrels of the type that you see in magazines. I remember uh, we hadn't seen each other in a long time and then we were were chatting and then you sent some photos over and I saw those and I was like, what the hell, man? Like
0: seriously gnarly
1: waves that you're packing. Whoops.
0: (laughs) That's the beauty of a photo as you just get that one Oh man i forgot to load up the photo well we'll have to. like under the water <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have to put it on we will definitely go ahead and uh put that into the clip because it is uh massive i mean when you envision super heavy mexican mainland mexico uh barrels like that's basically uh, a photo of johnny uh packing one of those yeah
0: it's... um but there's a lot of them to be had they're just it's like uh when we met we were in indonesia so just getting in and out of the water was the hardest thing because it's a sharp reef and you're like, oh, I need a rip. I need it. Like, how do I even approach this wave? It's like a puzzle. But uh, yeah. out here in Mexico, um, it's sand bottom and, you know, you just find a rip and jump in it. And the problem isn't getting out. The problem was once you're out there, you're like, how do I get back in? <laughs> like, I have to take <laughs> one of these things like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, oh, that's it's, the hard Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, yeah, I mean yeah. I have definitely been in some of those situations, that's for sure. Man, well dude, that that's a whole topic in and of itself. Finding a rip when it's big like that. Oh man, getting getting out. At <laughs> a heavy beach break. I mean I've surfed that spot that you've surfed, uh that you surf a lot in uh Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. That spot's wow. super heavy. I mean <laughs> Okay. Well dude, well so, it, it was basically one minute it was like barely shoulder high and I was just chilling there and yeah. then the next minute it was like pumping double overhead like chunky tubes guys ground. were like stand-up barrels and i was just like holy crap this is not what i was this is not what i signed up for i was just That's on my crazy. little shortboard and i'm just like oh, what is
0: going on here um but yeah it, i'll never forget my first time out there like i just you know luckily i like i trained as a lifeguard which i recommend all surfers do you don't have to become a lifeguard but like just go to your local lifeguard club like if you're australian you're sweet because they got these volunteer clubs all over the country ah, okay and super accessible but like take a lifeguarding force like just even if you don't become a lifeguard obviously if you become a lifeguard you can pay off of course so yeah that's a good way to do it but um yeah like i just i'm also kind of like a little bit lazy which can be really useful in, as a surfer <laughs> and like you know a lot of people look at that wave and they go Oh God, I really, I have to get that barrel right. I got to get out, I got to get out. And they I've seen hundreds of them, like, they show up at their little normal shortboard. like everyone who's been there for a few days is like, oh, this will be fun to watch. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then they just look and they just like, and they see a lull, like you've just described. And it's like, yeah. okay, I, th- I think I can paddle out. And it, it well, yeah. almost looked at the name, but that's okay. Everyone knows where it is. It's not a secret, but like at that break, you basically if you do time it right you do one duck dive and you're out hmm. you know yeah and you can get out on a tiny tiny board that you have no business being out there on but what i do is i just any break and this applies to anybody surfing anything over like you don't even need to put aside someone who is that who has that quote that waves aren't measured in size they're in increments of fear oh, is it like sean thompson i love that i've never heard that i don't know we'll have to we'll have to find that one um but yeah basically what um, what i do when i get to a break is i go am i scared right and if i'm scared i'll go okay and i'll be like being scared is good it's what keeps you safe as a surfer right mm. and so like i got to put Pisco- squat Sorry. i was <laughs> like i was pretty scared yeah and it, but also i wanted that barrel so bad i was like i right i don't care i have no business being here but i, I will get that barrel mm. And then I was looked at this huge, like, you know, eight foot cows. And I was like, I ain't paddling out to that. <laughs> so then I just looked around and I think I would encourage any surfer to do that. Like, look around, like, is there an easier way out? Mm. Like, look for the easy way. A lot of surfers are like, I got to do the hard way. Cause they're like, right. oh, they're like manly man, you know, whatever. Like, screw that. No, like no. those guys are the worst kooks. They get in your way anyway. <laughs> so like, I just walked up to the river mouth. So the beautiful thing about a lot of waves is that there is an easy way out and sometimes it might be farther away. Right. You know, I wanted that little carrot. It was dangling in front of my nose and it was only maybe what's like the, the paddle outs like 15 yards, maybe 20 yeah. yards back. Yeah. And you're out back totally safe. And it was so tempting. And I was like, no, nope, too scary. I'm mean, gonna. I just, I just walked, took some humble pie and walked. It was only like, you know, a yards or 200 yards. I walked up the beach. Yeah. And the waves there were about knee high and there's a river mouth and I know river mouths like create like channels. So I was like, okay, maybe I can just go up there. And and by the time I got up to the river mouth, it was like knee high. It's such a trippy wave because it could be 15 foot barrels out front. And then you go up to the river mouth and it's like, maybe waist high, but probably less. So I was like, sweet. (laughs) So I jumped in up there awesome. and then I slowly drifted back into position. By which time I was fully shitting my pants, and I was just like, (laughs) And then you're like, Oh man, I actually have to go for one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. I know, yeah, and I know I could've I was like, How do I get in? Like and I spent an hour just contemplating how to get in and just peering (laughs) over the edge of these ledges, like, Nope. 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 And just watching everyone else having like these killer bowels, like and you know, I was like you've just said, you know, like you see people just having like stand up barrels and they're just sitting in there just looking around and this this beautiful blue water that's spinning and oh, offshore and you're like this and you're just thinking to yourself that needs to happen to Right. Me. and then you're also thinking to yourself I'm going to die <laughs> <laughs> and then you're having these conversations with yourself and then you realize like and then that's when your lifeguard course kicks in you're like okay what's my options here like okay if I get absolutely flogged where are the currents well going to just push me straight in and yeah. i got like 10 buddies on the beach okay what do my buddies have well my buddies have phones they you know okay so then you start to think right okay maybe i can do this and then the other thing is other people often a hazard people don't even think about like are like you know i might fall whatever but like whilst i'm underwater getting flogged am i gonna encounter a paddleboarder from southern california or something <laughs> <laughs> like, with like a huge blade in their hand and like a hydrofoil oh, coming out of their paddle and then like <laughs> you know and she's just like a machete bolted to the bottom of their board and you're just getting flogged oh, on the inside and like that kind of stuff's more dangerous than the wave oftentimes right um, I totally agree so then yeah so then I was just like I just remember being out there like it's it's hard even to admit this man but like there's this inner voice that was so loud that I actually said the words out the loud. I was like, Johnny, what are you doing here? Like, what, what are you doing? here? Like, it wasn't funny anymore. It's funny now, but like at that, point, I was looking around me and these guys, there's like, you know, John, John had just been for a visit. Like Bruce and Andy have been coming for years. And like, yeah. there's so many underground chargers that are like no stickers on their board. There's, yeah. they just, they just ride and charge and make it look easy. Right. And it's not. And then, <laughs> And then you're out there like, Why am I here? Like this isn't like I'm almost disrespecting the other guys by just even paddling out here, you know. Like, what am I <laughs> and then I got one, you know, and I'll send you a photo of my first wave ever. Oh, so man. I was paddling for it. On a six uh six four. So I was like, Oh I my stuff that's my big wave gun, right? My six right, four right. like such an idiot. It's actually <laughs> Drew our buddy Drew Eastwood, um, uh, from yeah. uh from Aura Surf Resort. So we met at Aura Surf Resort, really yeah, cool yeah. and like van and i um so he was the only one resort i think right right i think it was you was two, there yeah. one other guest
1: you two and then uh not no, guests yeah. wise oh oh yeah no there was. yeah was i the only one maybe i was maybe like one yeah. other guest?
0: probably because yeah. it was like low season and like right we had a maybe three or four guests in three months or something but oh right and, uh, which is a great reason to go to that resort because you'll we'll have a... <laughs> well no, they're probably doing way better now full up but um yeah so so yeah so van came along and um and we were hanging out and this guy drew eastwood he was just like a hard worker like east coast surfer like wakes up early grinder like in and out of the water just works way harder than everyone else just just worker and um yeah he sold me this he sold me this killer like six like a six four yeah six four like kind of rounded pintail yeah, that'll be great. Ten foot pals. <laughs> That's so fun. So I, I'm a big guy too. I'm like, you yeah. know, I'm six, like six one, and like not light. Uh, you know, right, I weigh like right. what's that ninety five? What's like ninety five kilos? Like eighty five kilos? Like it's probably like a hundred and like close to two hundred, like hundred and eighty, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What yeah, do I have know? no idea. So like that'll heavy is the point. I'm a heavy dude. So like, I got this. Drew Eastwood's like a ninja, you know? He's like fit, light, lightweight, like super, not like my body size. So maybe it was a good board for him. But anyway, like, so I jump on his board and I'm out there and I realize that board doesn't paddle for (laughs) you. I can't paddle that thing. And then I, well, can't paddle it for big waves. So then I get on this wave. It's like the 20th wave I'm looked over the edge of and my buddies have already gone in and I'm just like, oh, no alone it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no. i gotta get one so like i start paddling for one paddle for it paddle for it paddle for it and i'm like okay i'm into it and then like i'm still going getting sucked up the wave face <laughs> like paddle 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 and i'm like no. okay i'm not gonna get it because i'm up on the lip i'm like oh i'm not gonna get it it's okay like i'll just get the net you know right. so i kind of stopped paddling a little bit yeah never do that internet land <laughs> keep paddling. <laughs> Always. Especially on big waves and it feels like you're paddling for an eternity right? Yeah. But I didn't know this stuff so like I paddled for it like normal and then when you get to the lip of a big wave, it was the offshore, you know that like back uh, the offshore wind gets more pronounced at the lip? yeah, Because like the wind has to come up and go over and it compresses right there. Right. So like just as I was about to get in the wave, like the offshore tried to like lock me off the wave and then I kind of like paddled a little like less because i was like part of it didn't even want the wave anyway right you're just scared and then this it point. became apparent that i was going yeah at that point i was like oh it's probably just going to roll underneath me and then i was like nope <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> like, and, and, I just and then i'm like you know nearly upside down and it's like super vertical and there's just this i just remember looking down there's nothing under the, there's air you know oh. like there's a wave somewhere down there like in the bar distance like yeah <laughs> so then i was just like well might as well try and get to my feet I'm so glad that I tried to because it would have just been a flogging. But I got to my feet just about. And then, like, as once I got to my feet, I was, like, up here attempting the bottom turn, I guess. Yeah. And there's this funny photo of me. Like, you got to always, on big waves, you got to point your board straight down. So your only goal is to get down the wave because hmm. you have so much time to get down and around. So, I was riding at like, some four-foot beach grade break. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got to my feet, like, started the bottom <laughs> turn, became one with the lift. Oh. And I got a flogging yeah, nah, fully got flogged. And then I was under the water, like rolling around and the beautiful thing with sand bottom barrels is the sand. So I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm gonna die on a reef or something. So I was getting rolled around and then at one point, like I didn't know which way I was up. So at one point I was on my back and then I just gently alighted on the soft sand cause the sand's always getting churned up. So it's, it's not yep, hard to yep. act, it's soft. So I like, I, I landed on the sand on my back and my board just came and just landed off my face. And i had my leash around my wrist somehow my leash was on my wrist and my board just slowly compressed me into the saddle but it was really gentle it was like a little stroke it was just like i just kind of like landed and then my board went yeah it was my board was just like and i was like okay my leash is around my wrist and my board is like above (laughs) me but like i'm such a like a positive person that even when that was going on i was like i know which way the bottom is now so like (laughs) my board drifted my, my board got out of the way, and then I planted my feet and I just did a little push and came up to yeah. the surface. And then I came up and I was fine. And then I was like two feet away from yeah. the beach because that's how that is. You know, most I don't know, but like if you're not in a rip and you get flogged, you're pretty, you're pretty close to like the shore. You've traveled a long way underwater. So, like, oh man, yeah. So I lucky. came up and like, yeah, yeah well, I, I've got lucky thousands of times at that spot, and it just made me more confident, <laughs> you know um but like i came up and i was okay i I had my arms and legs and head and i was like i didn't die and at that point that felt like a huge win and i was like i didn't die oh yeah (laughs) and then like i came in of course because i was like i was like i'm I'm gonna just call it a day but i came in and like i was just like all right okay so i didn't die so that's let's go let's go again you know like and then i might have paddled out like you know after after glass of water or something but it's weird like the the main point of that really long story Vans you're gonna have to do a lot of editing mech because i long story (laughs) (laughs) but um there is the point the point of that story is like um you know there was one what was it there's a few technical ones like if you're on the lip of a big wave just keep paddling just commit to it because when you hesitate that's when you get that's when you get flogged the hardest it's the ones where you're like oh i'm not sure about this then you get drilled and the ocean is like fortune favors the brave if you just if you like hesitate you're gonna get so flogged right but um yeah there was damn it there was a really good point to that one they're like surfers who want to do more big wave stuff i guess just research your spot and think about what's around you and um a lot of it's mental you know with surfing for sure in and out of the water and also even at a beginner beginner level you know yeah um absolutely yeah, there was uh, maybe i'll come back to it but there was a really good point i had that's, well we that's, can always come back to it, it. Sorry, it.
1: we can always come back oh, to it wow man. that was a that was well, yeah, a, that was an awesome story um why, why don't we um well, yeah, let's actually it's rewind spot. even a bit i mean so yeah i met you in northern sumatra uh that was nearly 10 years ago i was looking at my photo that's crazy you know 10 years ago um, yeah, we were on this like random, dude, I remember getting on the plane to get there and like to even fit my board back onto the plane. <laughs> they had, dude, they had to take the seats we out the of the plane. That's how small guy? the plane was. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I am. We're the only non Indian. This is the tiniest plane. This is the tiniest plane I've ever been in. Like, yeah. where am I going? And then like we get down there and so then the yeah, you and Drew it's you and drew. And then we were just like cruising around. Like, you know, we, we didn't properly score. Cause like the swell, I don't think was like properly there. I mean, I caught awesome waves, but it wasn't like pumping, pumping, but it was still like such a, a special experience. And, and I, I mean, I kept in contact with you guys. I still know you, I mean, nearly 10 years later, it's kind of crazy. Um, but like, so that was obviously a, a ton of fun. Um, but rewinding yeah. actually, even further like how did you get into surfing where did did it all start for you
0: oh right yeah so um we grew up skateboarding in the 90s me and my little buddies you know we lived for it i remember like once i was in an airport and first i was probably like 10 and i had my skateboard and we had like a flight delay and i was just like oh cool like so i was just like trying to skate around this airport without getting caught by security but i was young enough yeah they didn't care. It's pretty. Um, but yeah, so like we thought, like you know Tony Hawk's pro skater, like that generation. That was me and my little buddies, like in Buffalo, New York. And then um, I would have been a snowboarder too, but our uh, our local play it again sports store only had skis, and then I learned to ski, and and then straight away, like the freestyle skiing was like the thing I wanted to do because they're doing backflips and sliding rails, and I'm like, that's the same. That's yeah. Awesome. So like I guess I came from like an ex- extreme sports background. Like for as long as I can remember, like I didn't want to just ride a bike. Like as soon as I could ride a bike, I was like, okay, if I put a piece of wood like this and something underneath it, I can get some air. It's like get some air, man. It's <laughs> like all I wanted to do was like just I'm, like, natural born like world charger. To me. well just like all the coolest people in the world to me were the ones that were flying. I guess essentially it comes down to flying. Like mm. you know, if you can hit a jump, like. In my little Johnny, like, eight-year-old mind, if someone's flying through the air, I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. I want to do that. So, like, I used to watch, you know, gymnastics in the Olympics, and I was like, that's cool. Like, my sister used to do figure skating when she was really little, and I was like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, You know, like, anything involving, like, flight that kind of looks like a dance. Yeah. There's a bit of dance and surfing, too. For sure. I'm going off on a tangent. But basically, like, um, I learned to surf because my buddy went to New Zealand. And he learned to surf there. Mm. And I was living in England at the time. He came back from New Zealand and he had some surfboards and he was like, I'm a surfer now. (laughs) And there was this mystique, like no one in my family surfs. Right. Like no one, my great grandparents, no one, like no cousins. Mm -hmm. I think one of my cousins now, but I taught, I taught him how to surf. Yeah. So I was little and there's surfing was this mystical thing. And like, i was born in northern ireland you know yeah like ireland not not known for their surface and um i mean kind of you know, now water's cold <clears throat> now yeah, yeah yeah but not then like but right. like water's water's freezing and like you walk down to the water with a wetsuit and people are like asking if you're okay <laughs> like right like, what's wrong with you and <laughs> like so there was there was i just you know if you can't see it you can't be it so i i didn't even think surfing was an option i was like i'm you know i'm happy with skateboarding and, and, and then my buddy came back and he's like oh yeah we can surf in in england at the time because we moved from england an and um sorry other way around and then he's like yeah yeah we could totally surf here there's a couple of waves and there's actually a little surf scene in, in Bournemouth, of all places mm-hmm. which is like the worst surf path in the uk basically. oh god but it has like it's one of those sp- spots where there's loads of people who want to be surfers but unfortunately their their local wave socks. So, what's amazing is you have actually some really good surfers there, but it's like, I guess, you know, like Florida or something where you have some talent, but the wave is just not that good. And it's mainly windswell and and just real shitty and cold. (laughs) Yeah. But we thought surfing was so cool. We're just like, we're going to surf. And we didn't, you know, when you don't know any different, your local spot's the best spot in the world because it's the only spot you you know. Yeah. So, learning to surf in the shitty onshore. Beach break in England, not even Ireland or Scotland or Wales, were the best, like the Celtic nations have the best surf. I'm yeah. in England gone. Right. Okay. And I'm not even in, like, there's parts of England that pop wasn't there. I was like the worst. Just the pop. crap part. Okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I used to do things like take my foamy on, like, the public, you know, the double decker English buses, and, like, try <laughs> and, like, stuff it up the spiral staircase. Dude, you were committed. And I used to hide my board when the bus came. You're yeah i just so want to decided. surf but like i oh yeah my buddy from new zealand like he put like a board with no fins down on the grass and he's like this is the pop-up on like a tiny shoreboard, and he was like this is the pop-up and this is how you get to your feet and i was like cool and then i just got a board for christmas for like a hundred bucks like i phoned me and i was like okay. and then i just kind of i didn't even know surf lessons existed really i yeah. was like oh so I'll just go surf. <laughs>
1: so then you guys were just
0: figuring yeah. it out
1: yourselves, basically, right? You're like watching other surfers. Oh, just...
0: he already ripped. Like, oh, he did. Yeah, he was. He learned it in like he learned in like a year. He only went to New Zealand for a year, and he was already like riding a shortboard down the line. Well. Oh. maybe not ripping. He was shortboarding down the line, which is amazing.
1: So, in how did year. you and what, uh, what was your process then for for improving as a beginner? Can you even you know like. Were you just let, watching let him and see. just trying to copy oh, yeah. what he
0: did, or what were you doing? That was definitely watching. I think when you don't have lessons, you just go down the beach and you're like, "Well, that looks easy," and then you get out there and you're like, "Nope." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. what what happened for me was um, boogie boarding came along. Hmm. Um, so I knew I knew I wanted to surf, but honestly, because they were cheaper, and I we our family didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up so yeah. i was like i want to surf and my mom's like cool here's a boogie board <laughs> <laughs> so um so i got a boogie board and then i realized that like boogie boards are fun and they're like and you learn a lot about the ocean yeah and um you know we're pretty strong swimmers already um, right i actually i actually was a terrible swimmer growing up and i i had two near drownings in pools, which scared the crap out of my mom. So, like, when I was old enough, she just put me, signed me up to like a competitive swim club. Like, you're going, and I was like, but I don't want to. I don't care about swimming. And she's like, you're going. Like, yeah. You scare the shit out of me. Like, you nearly drowned twice. I pulled you out of the bottom of the pool, and then a lifeguard pulled you out of the bottom of another pool. That's and so of, like, interesting. I was, but like, you're not up.
1: scared of you're not scared <laughs> of heavy waves because a lot of people that have those near death experiences. Become like they have PTSD from it, but like you kind of gravitated towards. Oh
0: it. yeah, I think that something that they say about drowning is this a very peaceful way to go. And like I had to, I was a kid and I I loved the water. <laughs> it sucked at swimming. Oh man, I was, <laughs> it's so, it's so I was such a weirdo. Dude. Um, but yeah, like I've twice had that view of like I'm under the water. I've kind of accepted my fate, and I'm just like looking up at the bubbles, going like, "Oh, this is quite nice."
1: That's probably then, why you know, you're a good in big comes waves out of nowhere. That's probably why you're good maybe. in big waves. Yeah, hey, I never thought of that, man.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm not. But like, I—it's terrible for everyone around me because like, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're worried whether you're going to drown or not. That's that's their main they're concern. Like, I, did, I I definitely would have died twice if it wasn't for some like local pool lifeguards. But uh, oh my god! But I didn't come out of that and go, "Oh, I'm never going back in the sea." I I just yeah. was like, "Oh, cool, lifeguards—they're here. That's nice. i are going to mm, go swimming tomorrow." Then <laughs> so weird. So- but yeah, so progression was boogie boarding first, mm-hmm. and I recommend that to anyone, mm. especially people with egos about surfing. Yeah. Because like some of the best surfers in the world are still boogie boarders, and they switch or they grew up boogie boarding. And also um, at the beginning of the podcast, I was saying like um, safety, like get a lifeguard course if you can, mm-hmm. or watch one on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really help. Um, what did boogie boarding, boogie boarding teach you what the though? Most safest thing Just- to do. Those guys those um, guys can, can like take can off deep in away, away surfers can. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's also like from boogie boarding it's water confidence too for sure. Cuz mm-hmm. you're essentially just swimming. You lose your board all the time and like you're swimming. Mm. Um that's good. Also when you have propulsion, like when you have those little fins. Yep. You understand about how, just you don't even realize it especially if you're a kid but you're downloading like how hydrodynamics works. Like just just the fact that your fin is driving. Right. Like, without cognitively learning you're just figuring out like propulsion speed like drag you know if you drag your heels like you get you slow down if you put them point them straight you go straight like just all these little things that you just play with as a kid you just you don't realize how much like yeah. science you're downloading well, and then yeah so that's really good so question on the, the, the boogie boarding room.
1: though because <clears throat> you know i was i was surfing this one break there was a bunch of boogie boarders i don't know if this is necessarily true right but like A lot of surfers, like their dream is to be able, you know, because as a surfer, you can do like the no paddle pop up and like take off on the wave. And then I was watching these boogie boarders. It was like dredging, barreling, you know, heavy waves. Obviously, that facilitates doing the no paddle pop up. But like most of the time when boogie boarders, they're not paddling into the wave, right? They just kind of cork and then they kind of take off in that more critical, meaty part of the wave that allows them to get in. So, it's the legs. So, does that... But it, does it teach you to... All legs. It, it's all legs, but does like does their positioning teach you? Does that translate to surfing in terms of like where you're aiming to position yourself so you can get into the wave easier, or is it not really?
0: For sure. So, because... Boogie boarders, hate this, but because boogie boarding is easier at the beginning levels, because you don't have to pop up, right? Because right. you don't have to pop up, you... Th- best thing about bodyboarding is you learn about waves simple as that if you want to learn how waves behave how they feel how they work how they break where you should and shouldn't be grab a boogie board and go out there because you'll get hundreds more Mm. than the surfers you get more waves and you can ride small or more variety of waves you can boogie board when it's like knee high but you can also boogie board when it's like there's a guy um shambles absolute legendary irish like underground charger and he's yeah. Uh, he's shown me photos of him bully, booty, boogie boarding Malik Moore at like 20 foot. And all the all the surfers are getting towed in. He just drops from the sky <laughs> like a little frog and, <laughs> and he makes those and he can make those things. So like yeah. they're incredibly versatile. But like I've been rambling and I apologize because you're going to have to edit like so much of it. But um, bullet point is even if you already surf now and have been surfing for years, get on a boogie board and you'll learn more about waves. It's not about you and what you're doing huh. on a boogie board. It's about your lo- your chin's close to the ground. You're 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 looking at waves. You're downloading the waves. You're seeing the wave, and you're getting a lot more waves. And you don't have to worry about popping up, so you can position yourself deeper. Um, you know, and you're That's just gonna see. Your eyes are gonna see. Your eyes are gonna see more waves. And because you're from the waist down, you're getting dragged around. Right? When you're on a surfboard, you're floating yeah. above a lot of the currents, so you you move around a little yeah. bit, but not much. My- when you're bodyboarding, you're like sometimes you're up to your neck, sometimes you're up to your waist, and any current or on a boogie board, for example, when a wave breaks, you can feel that you actually get sucked backwards first and then go. Right. You know. So if it's a wave's coming totally. behind you, you, there's like this in breath, and then you go. Even when you're paddling, your balls up. So like when mm. um when I'm when I'm surfing on a surfboard on a normal surfboard, I have the illusion that I'm just paddle I'm just paddling my arms. And the wave's coming and I just paddle, 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 paddle go. But what's really right. happening is like, even though you might feel like you're moving forward, you're going to go backwards a little bit and then you're going to go forward. So yeah. just little subtleties like that. Like, so it's so like boogie boarding, boogie boarding first, first, is almost like then, this. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It's more, it's a more pure oh, I was form say, of surfing it, because it, you're attached to the wave. Yeah. Because <laughs> you start to become the yeah, well, wave. Like, like if you see a dolphin.
1: Yeah.
0: I think there might be a delay, so I'm talking over it. But you go,
1: you go, you go. Sorry.
0: Yeah, it's no, it's cool. So boogie boarding, you're more connected to the waves, so you learn about waves. If you really want to learn about waves, body surf, you're gonna learn mm. more than the boogie boarders even. So really? then, when you jump on a surfboard, you'll be way better straight away. I've actually met um, when I was in Bali uh, just before I met you. There was a bunch of Spanish bodyboarders. And a couple Portuguese guys from Super Tubos like chargers yeah, yeah. And um, one of the Spanish guys was like, yeah, like Pablo was like, yeah, I'm gonna learn to stand up surf. And we're like, ah, be careful, this is Indonesia, there's reefs, it's like challenging yeah. waves. Right. He's like, but he boogie boarded really good. And we're like, I know you, you know, I know you're a good wave rider, but like, be careful, you know, you're gonna get, <laughs> you're gonna get right, messed up on the reefs, dude. I swear, it was like two or three months that he was surfing like head high Indonesian reef breaks like down the line figuring out turn wow no problem so it's like a now, cheat code if you'd never surfed and you went out yeah if you if you if, you, if he'd had never surfed and he went out and just like to surf it he wouldn't mm. if not it wouldn't have worked like that but because he'd been bodyboarding like for years and years and years he just jumped out of the surfboard and within a couple of months he was just awesome and like i couldn't believe it i was really about like because we were going to give him shit about it because it was, right. you'll never surf but we we're always like the banter like bodyboarding so much easier like surfing takes skill and then, and then he just got on a surfboard surfboards oh, that <laughs> and um well it's and, so true and it was awesome yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean i feel like <clears throat> you know when people think about um surfing people just focus on like the very pinnacle of the skills that they need they just focus on like i want to do turns yeah but really the way i think about it is surfing requires this met. pyramid of like skills and at the very base of it is wave knowledge and then only if you, yeah. if you don't have wave knowledge, you could be, like, you might know how to physically do an aerial, but, like, you're not going to catch any waves. And, like, the very base is your ocean knowledge, and you, you definitely need that. And it's interesting that boogie boarding, that, you know, body boarding, and just waiting riding waves is going to kind of accelerate that process. So it sounds like a very interesting, like, cheat yeah. code to, to get better. And that's-
0: and that's a very Irish thing like I'm very proud of I know I don't sound Irish I left one on the five. I hear time. a little um, bit of it there was a civil war for. yeah this is a wee bit sometimes but like when I was yeah when I was four I mean the late 80s and early 90s in Northern Ireland was right. like a war zone and we lived there both of my parents loved Ireland, but we just decided to move to the states yeah but um something that's something that's uh, my dad's American so it was awesome for the family um, so like in Ireland we have a strong tradition of bodyboarders Uh. and we have some of the best bodyboarders on the planet and what's interesting about ireland which i realized only when i came back from indonesia when i was hanging with you is like in ireland there is no there is no like surfers are cooler thing Uh. at all and everywhere else in the world it's like cool like it's it's boogie board and then when you're when you grow up and you can actually ride waves then you'll get a surfboard Right. And I think it might be the waves in Ireland are so hmm. conducive to to like world class bodyboarding. Uh, They're just heavy, slabby. There's all it's best all you see online right. is the heavy, slabby waves. But in Ireland, there's loads right. of beach break and there's just loads of like there's some like waves that are sand bottom and they break like knee high for a mile long, and you can ride them. You have every kind of wave. Wow. On it's incredible. That it's it's a really good country. It's just freezing, uh, but like <laughs> you only see the heavy waves, but. But the thing with Irish people is they're kind of gnarly as well. So, like, you know, in a nice warm country with light winds, you might have right. a boogie board and you might just, like, oh, this is nice. But in Ireland, if you're a little kid and you have a boogie board, you, like, climb down a cliff and scramble over, like, a slab of granite reef and then just stuff yourself into barrels all day long. Um, just, so yeah. what's, yeah, it's gnarlier. But, like, what what I think is cool is that, like, kind of proud of the fact that Ireland really respects their bodyboarders like a lot. Um, yeah. my, my boss and a good friend of mine, Portrush surf school, he was like a multiple national Irish champion and he's flown around. Like he, uh, he went to like the world championships in California and like mm-hmm. famously was in a famously punched, um, Andy Irons in the face once.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> just, cause,
0: just cause like they were like, he didn't know who he was. And they were like, uh, they were in um the Hawaiian boys were in this hot tub and they were just like just stretching after their heat. Just there. And they were like the gods of the sports. Andy Irons and right, when he right. was really young. I think it was before he had his world yeah. title, but not far mm-hmm. off. You know, he was big deal. And Right. He knew about it, that. He was a big deal. But Irish people have this funny thing where like you could be Kelly Slater and they'd just be like, What's the crack? You know, They're not <laughs> gonna be like, whoa. That's awesome. Uh, though. So, like, anyway, so this, so my buddy's like fifteen or something, a little cocky Northern Irish guy. Like, <laughs> he's still fifteen, um, uh, in a good way, something like that. So, and then you know the Hawaiian guys are huge, and they were like twenty or they're huge, big guys. He might have been seventeen or something. I don't know. He's like this little Northern Irish scrapper guy, and Dude. like, <laughs> and what? they. they like, he left his... He left... Something happened. Like, he left his towel, like, on the side of the pool. And one of the Hawaiians walked past and splashed it. Just, like, little grom. You know, because oh, they have this no. whole hierarchy in Hawaii about respect.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And for there's sure. not much hierarchy in Ireland. In Ireland, in general, is there's not... We're a small island. We don't have enough people to have hierarchy, right? So. Right. <laughs> so, basically, my buddy's there. And this dude just splashes his towel. I was like, well, that's not nice. So, he gets up and he's like... He goes over to the hot tub, like... Like, what's what are you splashing my towel for? And they're just like, what? Like they can't even believe he's even fighting back. Cause these guys are like members of the black show. It's like gnarly. Right. Guys. Dude. He's like super gnarly. He's like, you fucking. And he's just like, what are you doing? Like, this is my towels wet now. <laughs> you bastard. I'm like, hold on. Did he know who like, Andy
1: Irons was? was? Did he know who Pretty Andy sure Irons did, was? Yeah. He didn't he give did. a shit, but he didn't give a shit. Yeah, okay. So. Okay.
0: Yeah. He was a, what? He was a famous surfer. Right. He was just like, I don't care how famous you are. You don't, you don't splash my towel Dude. So they were just shocked. And then he in that moment of shock, he just punched one of them in the face and walked off. And it just happened to be Andy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> and I can't believe I he I don't think like it probably didn't even hurt him. Like, but the whole the whole I just imagine the pool and the Hawaiian guys all like, Who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> like, should we go kill him later? Like, oh no, he's too young. I don't think we're allowed to kill him. Uh like, yeah. That's my so question. Funny. Like how did how so did he fun. walk
1: away from it and not not be in a in a wheelchair, you know what I'm saying? Like they they probably must have been so
0: shocked. I have no are just like I don't know what to do with this. They just are just like they, they didn't probably, know what to do. They were probably like laughing to be honest. Like they they probably right. thought it was funny, but right. Oh my god. Fun. That is uh, I wasn't there and you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. Who knows what actually happened in that pool. That's a good policy. You know?
1: So how did you get from surfing in England and Ireland to uh, surfing in northern Sumatra? Like, how did that all work out?
0: Yeah, so that's a big jump, and I didn't do it the most conventional way. Like, I probably should have, and, like, just, you know, progressed my skills and got really good and then gone to Indonesia. Um, and this is a really good point, actually. That's I'm glad you asked, Van, because, like, often just put yourself with people who are much better than much fast, and you'll progress way fast yeah it's as simple as that so if you go to indonesia you'll progress way faster because your pro surf is all around you um be willing to right. be the worst person in the lineup that's hugely important and, don't, um, be, and enjoy that And rather than getting put off by people being good get inspired by it like, give them a high five get stoked on other people's waves i think that's super important you know the people who are all into their own surfing sure, yeah people who are really key like really excited about their own progression They progress really slow. People who get stoked on other people's progression progress fast. It's just something I've noticed. It sounds backwards, right? It sounds kind of weird, but it's it's something I've noticed. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I started riding shitty onshore, you know, storm sloth essentially. And even that was fun. So then um, what really got me going is I got a job at a multi activity center that did like canoeing, hiking, surfing you know, multiple whatever activity. And like, I, they do like accommodation and food. So I was able to like, I was able to leave home at like 17 and, and live on this corridor of rowdy surf instructors who were all really good fun. And, um, they basically looked after us like parents, uh, you know? And like, so, you know, yeah. don't pay to do things if someone's going to pay you to do them. So I, I, my surfing was pretty terrible at that point. And then they, the main reason yeah. I wanted to go to this work at this company was because they lived. That company was in Cornwall. Now Cornwall is uh, probably probably the best surfing. It's a little peninsula that sticks out. Yeah. Um, they actually have their own language and they have their own flag, and they're they're part of the, the you know they're legally England and they're part of Great Britain. But there's a whole Celtic nation of Cornish people, uh, and they have incredible okay. surf, right? And yeah, you know, it can be world class, but mm-hmm. it's a hell of a lot better than where I lived. And I was like, no way. I'm going to get accommodation food and I'm going to be able to surf every day. Like, and I'm getting paid like I'm out of yeah. here. So, like, um, <laughs> my high school teachers, Easy. my high school teachers actually let me go like a few months before the end of term on my last year of high school. They were like, yeah, you can leave just so long you get the work done. So I was like, all right. So. I went over and started training as a surf instructor, which is a bit of a joke. And I've done this with a few sports where like I learned the sport and a week later I'm trying to go on an instructor training course. <laughs> <laughs> Just, But I like when you don't have much money growing up and you're like, the toys are expensive. You're like, okay, yeah, I could buy a couple surfboards. It till you make it. Yeah. It's like my choices as a kid, like I could buy a few surfboards and then bus money to and from the beach, which is like 40 minute one way trip. And then paying for surf lessons, like not even an option for me. And I was like, nope. And then like, cause they're expensive and like, yeah. I, I might get one and it'll be awesome. But that was it. And then I was like, or I could go to a place, become a surf instructor and just use all their boards, make money <laughs> and surf as much as I want. I was like, sweet. So that's what I that did. And that sounds then, like, like a good strategy. Yeah. And like in England, you only have to be able to, I think you only have to be able to go left and right and then you can get your instructor you training for it. So then my my first, honestly, my whole surf journey started on that lifeguard training. Yeah, so I was about 16, that was even mm. before I left home. So yeah, I just, I jumped in a pool and we trained mm. every weekend for a few months. And, um, we got our lifeguard surf, we did a ton of first aid, quite high level first aid stuff, like kind of EMT, just a little below an EMT level. And then basically- yeah, okay. So that was the ticket you needed to be able to be useful to a surf school. So if you had your lifeguard cert, but you're a terrible surfer, the surf schools would take you because you could do water safety. So that's something. Um, so yeah, it went like bodyboard, you know, riding whitewater with foamies and then lifeguard certificate. And then I was able to get employment. That was the platform. Bye. And then I left home and um worked at in a multi activity place yeah. where they like they bought us our wetsuits they bought us our uniforms food was food arrived three meals a day mm-hmm. like I'm like a like a canteen and then like they gave us accommodation and then our paycheck came through once a month and you know it wasn't much but like we had no outgoings we just saved the spear money or saved it or whatever um and that was really okay. big turning point in my surfing because then I was in Cornwall. And so how
1: did that get you to uh, Northern Sumatra?
0: So what that did is that actually made me. Uh, um, all right, that did get me there Eesh. because once I was in Cornwall, like they've, there's pro surfers living Cornwall, like some of the best surfers in Europe. That, and like our hometown was home to the Ash boys, like two brothers, like Ruben and Joss Ash. You should just type that into YouTube right now because Ruben was doing aerials ten years ago that like mm-hmm. haven't even come on the A- world tour yet. Like, his aerial surfing was amazing. Oh. And, like, and Joss is just, the, like, a style master. He's, like, really beautiful, like, kind of handy irons on slow motion. Sort of mm. just classic, real classic mm. surfing. So, I was able to watch good surfing in in real life. because like, Yeah. And that was, like, inspiring. I was, like, whoa, this is sick. All right, cool. So, then I made friends in Cornwall. Right. And then um, I was, like, okay, this is awesome. So, I went on a, a trip to France to try and get barreled. That's there's many a funny story from that trip. my buddy Alex is still one of my best buddies. like um, how did uh,
1: how did your first attempt at getting barreled? was it successful or not?
0: Hey everyone, it's
1: Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So, thanks. Let's just ask, let me ask that uh, question. Uh, well, I, you were a boogie boarder, no. so you <laughs> might
0: be pretty good at reading no, waves. No, by then I was <laughs> surfing. I should have taken the boogie board to France. That would have been a smart move. But yeah, so like we just, um, yeah. So my, my friends were giving me shit about this the other night because I was the youngest. I was like 17 or 18 and I didn't have my driver license yet. And my buddies, my buddies like, my um, buddies, Smudge and Alex were taking turns driving. So we were going through the French countryside for like 10, 12 hours at a time. We're camping in bushes, like sleeping in our board bags and stuff. And uh, we'd arrive at a spot and they'd be nice. super tired from from like they have been driving and they have been sleeping rough and they were right. like they're a bit older than me you know like they're like 26 and 28. So why am I going with old guys like they're complaining about sleeping yeah. in board bags like they say they want like showers in a tent. Like, These guys are losers. <laughs> <laughs> but, High class. It uh, <laughs> was funny. So yeah. then like uh, yeah so then I was actually good out glad I went with that because I was way more comfortable because they had some common sense but uh, yeah so then we get to the surf spot called Biscay Ross. Yeah. It's like a you know, classic French beach break, and it looking back, it probably wasn't that big, but it was hollow. Mm-hmm. I'd never actually seen a hollow wave, and I'll never forget the sound of the crack. You know, when you when the lip of a hollow wave hits the water, it's not like a rumble like a normal wave. It's just like, Ooh. yeah, and you you're like, what the right. fuck is that noise? Like, right, and um, it was beautiful too. It was like just right. a barrel. All barrels are beautiful. So we rolled up on the sand, dude. It's it like, barrel, yeah. cool. Like we weren't scared. We we're like, let's go. And I was like, come on, boys. Like, And they're just like, we're just going to sit in the car for a minute, Johnny. You're like, Mate, what, we've driven for like 10 hours. Just, gonna sit, just like, give me a minute. And I'm just like, but, but can you see it's yeah. barreling? Like, we got to get the fuck out there. They're like, Johnny, screw right. you. Like, you. You've been asleep. Because <laughs> I used to sleep in the car like a little baby. Like the whole surf trip, I was just like, they was like shove stuff up my nose and stuff. Because I'd just be yeah, asleep yeah. like in the back. Yeah. So I just paddled out there and... Uh, Yeah, I don't even remember that very, like, I just remember taking off on a wave. I think I saw the inside of a barrel for the first time. And actually, my first time I actually saw the inside of the barrel, like, I was so badly out of position that as I was trying to make my bottom turn and pull into this thing, my buddy was about Mm -hmm. 30 yards down the line and he was also pulling into this thing and making his bottom <laughs> turn on the same the same wave <laughs> just like boom right i we both got so fucked like, up yeah. like we got so flogged but uh oh that's awesome yeah nothing yeah. positive happened but it was just cool to see about so yeah so like w- once i had done my first surf trip i was like surfing went on hold for a little bit like so i went back to Bournemouth. you know to see my parents and then i was then it was university and my my university was landlocked so but it's in the skinny bit of the UK. It was on the border of Scotland. So I knew we had good waves in Scotland. So that was cool. And I knew we had good waves on the East Coast in mm-hmm. Yorkshire. Yorkshire actually has the best, probably the best waves in England. Don't tell. Uh, no, we can tell people. It's, a big, it's the biggest county in England. So they'll never find them. But, uh, <laughs> York, okay. it's like the Baltic Sea. But there's, like, incredible surfing. And I was like, oh, okay, there's some surfing. But it was freezing. And, like, I didn't know anyone who surfed there. And, like, so I basically didn't surf. All the win- three right. years of university, I didn't I didn't surf in the winter, much like except you know surf trip here, yeah. surf trip there, and then in the summer I was working, so I had the impression I was surfing, but I was really just pushing people in the waves. I didn't really improve much, so I yeah. had like a plateau, right? You know, so like I improved quite a bit because when I lived in yeah. Cornwall that summer, I surfed every day before work, after work, right? Boop, 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 boop. And then I just hit this plateau of like going. I mean, I I think you might have felt this. How about like maybe you? Like, did you find once you could go down the line both ways, and you could do top turns, that like you just did that for a few years? I don't know for sure. I mean, I feel like
1: once you, so I think a lot uh, of people get to that are point. going down the line. It's hard to get there, and then you hit this plateau, like trying to do proper maneuvers. That's when the you know, yeah, maybe I. Well, I, I, might I would still say be even there, man. before maneuvers. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think that like just going down the line, like probably 90 percent of people that's kind of where they get and then they kind of that's as far as they get like they're trying to do maneuvers but they're not really doing maneuvers you know
0: or maybe they're not sure why they can't do these maneuvers and they're just and going down the line feels good and you look you can look pretty full you know especially if you buy like hipster wetsuit and a mid-length board and you put your knees really close together you can go down the line be sexy and it is fun but like most of us we want more we want to shred you know so so I was right. like, you know, I saw myself as a, someone who surfed and I enjoyed it. All I knew is that I enjoyed it. So that was cool. And then um, I knew I had to go to university. They, in, in Europe, they offer you like a gap year. They're like, okay, you've got a space in university. Do you want to go play around for a year and then come back to it? And I was like, hell no. Because like if I go and I can get paid to surf in Bali, I'm not coming back to school. <laughs> no, no. Like, I knew myself too well. I like, i'll just knock out this university <laughs> thing and they actually had a degree in adventure which is pretty yeah. sick so i got that done it's, it's just um it's like adventured media so it's like it's extreme Sounds sports fitting. coaching yeah so they, they like taught us how to lead a uh-huh. bunch of extreme sports and be like mountain guide you know kayak guide raft guide whatever but then oh, we also learned how to film a little bit because like our university could kind of tell that you know this is before twitter and you know, Instagram maybe just come out and YouTube was pretty much the only thing online. And they were starting to see that the industry yeah. of extreme sports and surfing as well, it was going from like winning competitions to like having cool videos online. So they invented Correct. this degree right. of like extreme sports and media combined degree. So I was like, I wasn't hmm. even going to go to college. I was like, I'm getting paid to surf. Hmm. Why would I ever go to college? And like some of our people right. are like, one day you'll wake up and you, you'll be like, you might actually want like to own a house. And I was like, <laughs> right uh not sleeping yeah board so then, bags. yeah yeah it's like but board bags are awesome but they're like you're all right teen dude like <laughs> so, <laughs> things will yeah. change things will change yeah so then how so did you how did you make it so is that when you were like so yeah i finished college and i think that's when i was able to progress so like our college kind of held me back for sure just surfing wise you know i improved other parts of my life but. Surfing-wise, it of held course. me back. And then I, like, as soon as I finished college, I'm going to go the world, right? Like I'm, But then I was like, oh, I'm going to need some money. And then I was like, I just wanted to surf. And I, I did enjoy the coaching, and that was as fun as surfing. You see your buddy get a wave, you feel good. It's like that when you're coached. Like, you see someone who's never stood up, stand up. You're both stoked, you know? You might be as yeah. stoked as them. I know I am. That's why I still do it. But um, and you right. must get stoked, Ben Like when people come back to you and say, "Oh, I watched one of your videos, and now uh, I can do this maneuver." Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It was good. Huh? Yeah. So then you uh, so, um, is it, so did you go straight to Aura? So no, so after university, I went back to Cornwall, you know, because it was like my happy place. So then, and there was pumping waves. So I went back to Cornwall, and I was thinking, like, just to get a get a surf. And then some dude offered me, like, even before I like fully graduated, they were like, "Oh." Like, we really need lifeguards, Johnny. Like, we know you have your lifeguard certificate. Like, we're we're desperate on the beach right now. Like, we need more lifeguards. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, and the pay was good. and, And they were like, it's a secure job. You're on the beach, you know, so you can surf before and after work. And, like, we're allowed to surf, I think, 20 minutes a day in our lunch break, which is cool. And they were like, look, we're going to give you, we're going to teach you ocean safety, we're going to redo all your qualifications to a higher level, and then we're also going to pay you in British pounds, which at the time, like, dominated American, and it was the strongest currency in the world. So I was like, okay, I've just graduated, I can do, like, I can do three and a half months, get a ton of British pounds, live at my mom's house, save almost all of it, and then, then I can go, sir. So that's what I did, and like, yeah, had a great mm-hmm. summer on the beach, learned a lot, learned a lot about the ocean. Like, lifeguarding is a killer career, you know? Any lifeguard watching this is pretty good. And then, um, you, so I did that. Yeah. And then, as soon as I finished lifeguarding, I was like emailing every surf school in the world, basically. Or surf, I really wanted to do guiding because it's like you get access to better waves and you get more time to surf for you. So I was like, got this gig. Yeah. And yeah, actually, I went to Indonesia first just to figure out maybe i'll get work when i go over there but indonesia is so damn cheap that like mm-hmm. i had what i thought was had what i thought was like a month's worth of money to find myself a job and i came back four months later yeah with some change and i didn't even have to work a day <laughs> it's just like learned how to speak the language <sighs> oh, nice. and just hung out with local indos and just ate rice and fish and just surfed every day and that was like boom so what was that what was you know, that transition in the oh, sorry go ahead yeah, well, that's no, what I'm curious I'll... about. Like,
1: What was that like for you to go from basically not even surfing that much in uni to then, you know, Indonesian yeah, so, reef,
0: which is... I mean, it, it was humbling because you'd like to think you're pretty good. Like if you're, you know, back in the day, if you, were, if you were from the UK and you could go down the line left and right, people would be like, oh, he's a pretty good surfer. It's, like, it's not like California or Hawaii where they'd be like, that's, you know, you're a beginner still. I thought I was pretty good just far funny. <laughs> right and then i got out there and i was like oh okay i like i got a long way to go and um you know this yeah. is super cheesy but you know if you can't see it you can't be it but it's kind of true and i just i just paddled out with like incredible surfers every day you know because you're in bali you know, there's people from brazil right australia like so i just surfed man and that brings me to one of my little points Sorry. just so i don't forget um but yeah like key points just surf as much as you can, you know. it doesn't, It's not rocket surgery, my buddy would say. If you can. You know, a lot of us have jobs and right. families. It's hard. And that's when you need to be laser-focused with your progression. But if you can, just surf as much as possible. Do that. So that's what we did. We surfed every day right. in Indonesia. That is the biggest thing. You need... Yeah, mm-hmm. it is big. Uh, it's amazing, though. I've seen people who surf once a week progress way faster than I did. But uh, they had lessons and stuff. So... But yeah, so I just, I used to just paddle out and watch just visual. I mean, I'm very visual. I just watched and learn like monkey see monkey do. And just, you know, if you, if you look at like any pro surfer and ask them, like, what are you doing when you're a kid? And they're like every waking hour, I was looking at surf magazines or watching surf video. Like the the yeah. real pros, they just, it's just like a diet of like feeding your mind. Like that image, just, just drink that in. And that's something you can I do. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, did you? Did you? Were you the generation of surf max? Or did I mean, that's the way YouTube? that.
1: So the the whole reason why you know I create a lot of the content that I do is because I'm constantly studying surfers as well, right? And I feel like uh, a lot of surfers will watch these clips, but they're just like, "Oh, that looks cool." Yeah, they're not really getting into the fine detail. And that's what you realize when you talk to really, you know, when you talk to the pros, they're paying attention to the subtlest detail and they're studying every aspect of whatever Tom Curran doing a bottom turn or whatever it may be. And they're just like really, really, really studying all the minutia. And so that's why a lot of the content I create is just, all right, studying surfers. And I think that's where you can learn a ton. And that's probably what you were doing in the water, right? So
0: yeah in the water is even better on the um magazines and youtube is really good too once you're in the water right you got more senses it's not just your eyes or your ears it's like you're feeling the water you're smelling the water you can you can right. see oh if i paddle over you can to where just see is, the speed where she is yeah the speed yeah. is mind blowing. but um yeah so you got to watch and be watch and learn be out there be out there as much as possible And if you can't be out there read about yep. it Drink it up, and the other thing is like surf with heart, you know. Like one of the reasons I was saying body bodyboarding is so important is because like bodyboarders are some of the most stoked people you'll ever meet. I have so much respect for that. Right. You know, you don't often see bodyboarders yeah. saying like, "Oh, it was pretty bad out there." Like, they're just out there shredding, and it's awesome. And then you know Jamie O'Brien's really good at this. In his in his podcast and his videos as well. Like, use the right equipment for the condition. So if there's no surf. Don't just sit at home being salty and bitter. If if you wake up and wherever you live isn't surf surfable, like get a get a paddleboard paddle out or just go for a swim in the sea, and look at your local break when it's Mm. flat and just take a snorkel out and be like, okay, where are the reef? Like, oh, this is this is the wow. Like if you ever look at a beach break when there's no wave, you can see the place that normally is a rip because it's like deeper channel, and you can start to look at the. And you can start to look at the coastline and be like, oh, that's interesting. Every time where there's like a river mouth or like a little, even if it's like a little, a water, you know, those like storm drains, like, oh, there's a storm drain. And yeah, yeah. in front of every storm drain, there's a rip. That's cool. And you're having fun. You're swimming. You're, so you will know. you do that in, will you do that in Mexico? Like
1: to figure out where the rips are? Like during a, you know, because the thing is the beach breaks are going to constantly, those, those channels are going to move. Yeah, yeah. You know, move around a bunch. Well, I guess, I guess you have the river mouth that you go to as well.
0: Yeah, I guess that's more like reefs, but still, like, yeah, um, re- yeah, I think it's good. My main point is just like your goal should be to have the most fun, and this is so cheesy and all. And it's like the surfer having the most fun is the best surfer. It's like, no, they're not. The surfer having the most fun might be a shite surfer who can't do airs, and you can't or whatever. But the, I think what I take from that surfer having the most fun is the best surfer thing. It's like the surfer having the most fun is going to get better. The surfer not having fun right may quit surfing they might just plateau like and that's a good thing that you can ask yourself as a surfer be like am i having fun when i go surfing and if you're not like you need to work on that well everyone's like oh i just need to like get better technique and it's like well why are you getting better technique it's like i'm gonna get philosophical here like when you go deeper it's like i really want to do airs Mm. it's like why do you want to do airs like you feel like once you do airs will be fulfilled as a human being and some people will be like yeah and fair enough like go and do airs, (laughs) right (laughs) you know but then like once you get to your (laughs) once you do your air you might feel empty and you're like oh and like the reason i want to do airs i don't do airs like i can air out the back of waves and go flying but i'm not that's a kick out that's not an air. and like the reason why i want to learn airs is because it looks like a lot of fun and where does fun come from it comes from the heart and you love it and like, I bet you, when guys, mm-hmm. when guys are doing massive airs, they're probably going, like, having the best time. So my motivation is just because it looks really fun. And you know, same with getting fouled. It's like my motivation, yeah. like, why do I bounce off sandbars, the God-forsaken locations in the middle of nowhere and get flogged? Because right, it's so much fun. Like when you see that view for the first time and it goes over you, you just like, that's worth it. Like that's awesome. Right. So I think like you gotta when you're progressing, you got to look at use whatever equipment allows you to have fun. And there's just like this formula I that's so important. Yeah. And if the, if it calls for paddle boarding, go paddleboard. If it calls for like a hand plane and it's knee high, but you can stick your head inside a little barrel, you're still surfing. And you know, the guy who's being salty on the couch going, Oh, it's not big enough for me, bro. Like they're not learning anything that day. And you're out there getting your head, right. you're sticking your head into like ankle high barrels going, mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> and you're learning yeah, way I, you're, you're learning way more than anybody else right. that day you know so like be stoked i that. mean i think to yeah
1: i think to that point right there's a lot of people they're like oh I, I need to work on doing turns and then they're riding like some super skinny shortboard yeah. and then they're not catching barely any waves at all they're and not learning. they'd probably have a lot more fun if they wrote something with some more size, and maybe they're not going to be shredding as hard as they they want to, but they're probably gonna be having more fun, and they'll probably be learning more about how to be a good surfer than just bobbing around like a buoy on a tiny under volume surfboard, you know what I'm saying,
0: yeah, and I love that video. That's actually how we reconnected' is there's this video that you put about like, hey, you can do really good maneuvers on a bigger board, and like I tell that to my clients like if you're not on your feet, you're not learning stuff like if you're not getting waves. And standing yeah. like if you're not getting a bunch of waves and standing up on them, you're not learning, you're just bobbing around, yeah. And yeah, you do need to learn to ride shorter right. board eventually so you can rip it harder. But until you're like, you know, right, you just there's a lot of, I think that brings me to my another point I had is there's a lot of ego in surfing, and I've been, I have it too. Like, we're all humans with egos, but like, you want to look cool with a shortboard under your arm, but the guy out there on like right. a wavestorm ripping looks way cooler than you and it's just the way it is (laughs) so like yeah that's why i think these catch surf and like all these foamies that are now you know the foamies that are once they figured out how to put good fins into foamy boards the reason those things are so Uh popular is because they're good progression tools like you have fun right and like what happens when you have fun you learn way faster like if you ever been in school and there's like right a teacher who's telling you really interesting stuff but like they're just down and they're boring and they're they're telling they're like telling people off putting people out in the hole and, they're like, and no one's having any fun it's like you're not learning if you're not having fun you need, yeah. you need to feel relaxed you need to be able to play and uh i think that's really important but especially when you're a beginner it's like just ask so why are you surfing today so like, true. are you surfing because you want to do this awesome maneuver in which case you should get out of the water you should be surfing because that off- that maneuver is really fun and you want to learn it. Um, you got to keep such an interesting philosophical approach. I've never yeah, heard anybody talk I, about it like that, but I, th- I think it's so true. I've been lucky enough to watch like every day I've been surf coaching for 15 years now. And like, I see it every day. Like I have a lot of data, right? I see people who are like, and it's usually guys. Uh, so, but not always, but like, right. I see people who are in really good physical shape and they do some other sports maybe and they're like, I'm going to shred, like, I'm, I'm going to get this. And like, I have to really focus on my technique. I'm going to focus on my technique and they really struggle. And then you have people who are just like, oh, I, I've never surfed before. Like, I'm just going to play and they get right to their feet. And um, right. it's like a paradox, you know, obviously you have to try so that you can become better. And obviously you have to put effort in, but like, where is that effort coming from? Is the question I would ask when you, before you paddle out, like, are you putting loads of effort in because you want to look really cool in front of everyone else? Maybe, but that's not right. super joyful. Like, are you putting effort in because it's just really good fun and surfing is fun? Okay, really valid. You're probably going to surf harder. I surf with a little eight year old kid, and um, it's fun teaching kids because you can't just go up to them and be like, here are the finer points of the bottom turn. They'll just be like playing with sand or like sticking a toy elephant <laughs> up their bottom. Like, not paying attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
1: they're yeah. kids, right? Right, it, right. right. I and mean, it
0: makes you think, like, you you have to convince the kid, like, why should why should I listen to this guy? Like, I can ride waves on my belly. Like, why should I pop up? And then I have to think about Ugh. that, and I have to put myself in a little eight year old mind and go, all right, well. Like, hey, little guy, like, if you, if you learn to pop up, like, you can do this cool thing called a bottom turn where you actually go, like, twice as fast. And guess what? Like, going fast is really fun. And when you're learning to surf, what can hold you back a lot, and it held me back quite a bit, is, like, you're trying too hard and you're not having fun. And then you get in a weird headspace. Um My instructor trainer, when I was doing the instructing, uh, we did a, our level two ISA course um, a few months ago. And he was, like, the... Like beginners, you know, they're like, most of the coaching is technical. Like put your mm-hmm. foot here, you know, you know, keep looking forward. Don't drop your head, like that kind of stuff. As you get better, yep. it becomes like, you know, 50% technical, 50% psychological. As you get to like pro level, it's like 90% psychology and a little bit of technique, like a little dusting technique. Totally. So he yep. he explained that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So like as you guys you know as as you get better at surfing and as i've gotten better at surfing like more and more you should think about your headspace why are you surfing that day all this kind of stuff and if you keep it light it's really important like you if you're lighthearted you surf better it's but it's like easy to say oh be lighthearted but the way you, the way you achieve that is like you know you give yourself a bit of a benefit of the doubt. Like if you don't do the maneuver, if you're surfing b- badly that day, like don't be super hard on it. Just be like, I'll surf better tomorrow. Okay. You know? Yeah. And um and then you and then you do use like technical things, obviously. Um I find YouTube really helps. Like I'm really visual, right? So something that really, really helped me fall in love with yeah. surfing again was um you ever watch like Brett Barley's YouTube videos. Like he's like a guy from the East yeah. Coast. He has really good um, stuff. Yeah. His tutorials he had, i think he's only done three tutorials but they are the best videos he's made in my imagination like in my mind and yeah. um and he's kind of having fun too with it he's playing with it and he's a pro surfer so for me to see a pro surfer admit that like you know they don't make all their waves and that they like you know because you usually see the ones they make and he's just like oh here's a bunch of waves where i tried everything and did everything right and still got messed up and you're like oh right it's a bit right. more accessible then so brett barley like right, maybe we could link to him after this um yeah, yeah and then there's a guy called chapin Kruger from surf pro techniques on youtube um mm-hmm. he's he does incredible stuff really similar to what you do van where he he just basically um he just watches pros surfing mm-hmm. and then he yeah. just re- loop does it on a loop and watches it and watches it and pauses it and watches it pauses it and then goes what's he doing there and then he goes out and right. tries to do that, you know, and he's, he's oh. surfing amazingly now and he's a surf instructor and he does uh really good retreats and stuff. So like, and I don't know if he actually went through any formal surf coach training like I did. I think he might've done, yeah. but I think what he just did is he just did it for himself improved, and was like, maybe I can improve other people. He started to like share that yeah, stuff totally. on YouTube and now he has a website. Yeah. There's um, a ton so of that, stuff out there that can help,
1: help people. Yeah
0: yeah so youtube youtube helped me so that was like i got so i got to indonesia and then i started watching other people and then i started watching youtube and then i was like oh okay and then i got like went up a step and i was like feeling like in indonesia i was like feeling okay like i'm able to surf these waves but my my motivation has always been like fun obviously but like the better you get the more different waves you can access right so there's a bunch of waves that like i can't surf right now I don't want to paddle out there because it just gets like you know I might it might be cool to be in the channel watch some of my buddies but like so when I go surfing I'm like okay what do I need to do to be able to access this wave so when I was in when I was in England I was like what do I need to do to be able to go to Ireland or surf in Scotland okay and then when I'm like right. surfing surfing Scotland to Cornwall I was like alright what do I need to do to go to Indo and then I didn't know, so I just bought a ticket. <laughs> I found out pretty fast. Right. What well, I you're had taking a very
1: incremental approach to it.
0: I was, except the Indonesian thing. Like when I got out there, like Drew once, our friend, <laughs> he he once told me, he's like, "What are you doing working as a surf guide in Indonesia? Like you, can barely dock that." <laughs> and he just like he just called me on it. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I know you have your ISA surf certificate." I know you're you're a surf coach on paper, but like this isn't a coaching role. You're a surf guide. And like next week, the Vulcan pro team are coming. Like what makes you think you can be out here? And I'm like, I'm like, I want to get better as a surfer though. And he's like, what? Like, why didn't you go to Mexico? (laughs) Like he just, I was like, you know, he's American. So if you go, you know, you're in America, you go to Mexico and you improve whatever. He's like, why didn't you go to somewhere like somewhere closer? And I'm like, you don't realize that in London, you can get cheap flights to Indonesia. Like I paid like 700 bucks for a return flight. Huh. And I could change the date of when I came back. That wasn't that hard because huh. the British pound is strong. And like, you know, you do a yeah, couple yeah. weeks as a lifeguard, you're going to Indonesia. So I wasn't incremental. Huh. Probably should have been, but like, honestly, like it's a really good point, And it's a good question because people who think I need to do this before I can unlock this, mm-hmm. they often slam their head into a wall. Like, Trying to get this one piece of technique that they think right. is the key to unlock everything else, and I would say yeah. rather than you know be be watered right like when when a when a river flows into an obstacle like a rock, yeah. it doesn't just yep. try and whack the rock because it's water and right. it will never break the rock, and the river flows around the rock and keeps going, and then right you know you got to do that with surfing like if you're not if you're struggling on something, don't keep working on that thing. Work on something else and it might figure itself out on its own. Right. Um,
1: Plus, you're just going to get frustrated and at some point you you
0: get bummed and you lose the fun and then you just get out of the water and you're just like, we've all been there, had those frustrating sessions where you're like, this sucks. I want to go home. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, But yeah, so like that's, you know, you got to, what was it, the Kung Fu master, others like Bruce Lee, like, be water, my friend. It's true. It's like if you have an obstacle, you got to flow around it. You can't just, keep hammering on it um yeah it's good to go back to it well so what are
1: it. uh right totally yeah what are what are some of the most common things that you know because you run a surf school now what are the most common issues that you see with uh, your kind of beginner intermediate clients
0: i mean with the beginners i think the most common thing is just you know um well i'll put it this way there's three things that can make you learn to progress Way fast, and I think it applies to the beginners, intermediate, at any level. I figured this out over a long time. One is your equipment, right? If you have the wrong mm-hmm. equipment, it's just gonna suck. Like, simple as that. And and it's not your fault. And what happens is people with the wrong equipment they often blame themselves. I've done it, you know. Right. I was like, just like you at Puerto Escondido
1: on conflict. a six <laughs> four.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in big barrels in Mexico, um I thought to myself johnny you shouldn't be out here and that wasn't correct i should i should have been out there you know i'd been an indo Hmm. i was a trained lifeguard and a strong swimmer like i had every right to be out there but i my board was so small that i was like only kelly slater could have made that drop so i'm not gonna (laughs) i shouldn't be out here you know and then i just got a bigger board and it was just like easy takeoff, like way before it was even a wave and i just snowboarded in and just started packing closeouts than like love and life and it was the board it wasn't me it wasn't my fault I hadn't changed as a surfer right. I hadn't got I hadn't all of a sudden overnight become like 10 times better at surfing I just right. I was on a 6.4 and then I went up to like a 7.6 proper gun paddled like a freight train and like it was like my no excuse board it's like you can't pull back on a gun like you're already you're already committed before it's even a wave you're just you're already going down you're yeah. going and a lot of people are like oh you know right the, the cool guys like surf shorter boards and take off right under the lip and that's where it's really important you have to be like you know be the kook you know that's almost like some like a takeaway from that i would give to people the fear of being a kook makes the biggest kooks in the world happy uh <laughs> so like be be okay <laughs> to be a kook like go to a surf break and and ask questions you know like it's okay if you go up to a local charge and you say hey i'm yeah. not from around here um where should I paddle out like they're not going to be like oh leave me alone they'll, they'll see that as a sign of respect they're like okay this guy he's not a, he's, like you could be a terrible surfer and you're not a kook you could be a really good surfer and you're a big kook you know so like I would say like be I'd like be, totally. yeah. be willing to be a kook you know like go go to a place and say hey, you know I know I know nothing like what can you tell me something about this break like oh yeah you know you don't want to paddle out here you want to paddle out there and like you know be and don't be hard on yourself if you feel like kook just like think like why am i kook it in the surfing world most people would be more than happy to point out like you're a kook because you took out a six o and you have, you're not good enough to ride a 6 <laughs> and listen to them listen to them you know like don't right, just get right. mad and be like i'm not a kook i'll shred it yeah like, just be like oh all right like be like the hawaiians are they're good at this right. it's about being humble it's about respect like respect surfers Respect doesn't totally. mean like bow down to the surface, but just like people who are better than you, like just listen to them, don't fight them. So like yeah. the equipment has to be perfect. The conditions have to be, they don't have to be awesome conditions, but they have to be, the conditions have to work for the equipment you're on. So they're linked, you know? Right. Like if it's tiny, they got right, right. a big foamy and have some fun. Um, yeah. So the equipment, the conditions, and then there was a third one. I'm just trying to remember exactly what it is, but like the, those are the two biggest really. The third one is like your membership, sure. and you know, but like and yeah. having fun with it. But the like I've seen a lot of surfers who have like really good board, and you know, the conditions just aren't happening, and they're like, oh, I'm a bad surfer, and I was that surfer, man. I can't remember what, like a week ago, I was like, oh man, my surfing's taking a dive. Like I'm just not performing the <laughs> turns I like, know I can do. Right, and then I realized that like, right, you know. The conditions just weren't conducive to good surfing at my level now a good surfer can ride in any conditions right so that's cool but like right 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 that's like kelly slater john john some pros like pros can make anything look fun right because they're just right, awesome right even totally. They can totally surf really well but most of us mortals right like if the conditions aren't <laughs> safe or they're surfing even in the wrong part of lineup they might have the right board for the day, but they might just be surfing like in the wrong part of the lineup and it's just no waves are happening. So that's good for immediate and yeah, to totally. advanced. Like whatever level you're surfing, you gotta have the right equipment in the right conditions. And that will, that yeah. way, that's what well, so, I've seen like as a surf coach, like I've seen people get progressed so fast. I had a guy who never surfed and within a week we were taking a boat out to an outer reef so that he could work a bit more on his full roundhouse cutbacks and I was like, Jesus. It blew my mind. No I didn't way. That thought. Yeah. And he'd never One week. touched the surfboard. Yeah. So, like, we did foamies the first day and we started already doing some turns. And then on the second day, we were doing foamies and he was doing some turns and he fully got his head around going down the line. And on the third day, we were going down the line and I was like, you need a hardboard. And then, like, as a little treat at the end of his surf, like, week at the end of his week trip, like we're like, I'll take you out to the outer reef because you can go down the line so I know you're safe when you're gonna be able to stay away from the reef and then he was like he wasn't doing full roundhouse cutbacks but, but he was going down the line on a reef okay he was like <laughs> doing little cutbacks to like keep himself in the pocket. And I was like blown away. I was like, That's this sick. Is incredible. And I was like what how did that how did that how did we achieve that as a team, like in and I And like what happened was we had perfect waves, like a wave pool. And then we had I worked for this. I worked for this company at the time that had like, I think they had like two or three hundred surfboards. So as a coach, I could oh. just be like, this one. It was like I could choose whatever equipment I wanted, and like uh. that company gave me all the tools to be the best coach I could be. And they gave me both surfboards, like anything I needed to, to be a kickass coach. So they're like, here you go. And um, that's awesome. And it, it made me think. I was like, all right. And then I had other experiences where like super overweight on. Um, unathletic people and I give them Uh like a huge board or like a paddle board and they're doing pop-ups and the you know there's guys in other surf schools next to me with super athletic like gymnasts who can't pop up because they're just on like a they're giving them like you know like a performance shortboard Right, I'm like this dude's never surfed and he's 300 pounds and he just took like five waves to the beach so (laughs) is am an amazing coach? no it's not it's because I gave him a retardedly big board. But that's
1: okay, that's, you know, that's what makes you a good camera. coach though. That's what makes yeah, you a good coach I've, though.
0: Yeah, being able to, being able to be flexible, but like I, for anyone who's watching this or listening to this, who's like I'm not having fun, like I'm not progressing is how I should like look at your equipment and look at where you're surfing and the waves that you're surfing. Like if you live right. at a place where it's like onshore mosh and you're not progressing very much, that's not your fault. It's the on blame the onshore mush because it's really difficult to ride right. on that. You know it is simple, yeah, science like yeah, hydrodynamic things that happen. That if you have a perfect canvas, like you can surf better. Simple as that. Like, so equipment and conditions. Like yeah, anytime totally. you're having a bad surf, just come in and be like, "What? What did I ride and what were the conditions?" And then you might find that you're not so hard on yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that's why you're set up in uh, Mexico. Because you're gonna have kind of good waves all the time, and it's kind of like the perfect uh, the perfect situation for uh, a coaching kind of uh, you know to go yeah. and learn how to surf, right?
0: This this area like is good for intermediate beginners. You know, once you start ripping, like, don't come to say, Lita. <laughs> It's it, you'll have fun, but but it's a very good jump. place to develop, though. Yeah, and if you if you are a good surfer and you come to say the Mexico, you're still going to have a great time. because there's like amazing food, great nightlife, like loads of beautiful people running around everywhere, like distracting. And then, um, and you just jump on your longboard and you're going to have a blast. And you're going to, yeah. you know, you can bring your family or your kids who you maybe wouldn't bring to more heavy waves. So it's a great yep. place to live and it's a great place to surf. But like, if you want to shred, it's frustrating. Because it's not powerful and big and steep. Like, if you want to learn how to really surf and do radical maneuvers, you need a vertical face. Like, you need a lot of steepness. And if the waves are this size, I mean, if the waves are that shape. Right. And, and what's funny is the locals here in St. Lita can shred a really powerless burger of a wave. Don't right. know how they do it. It's like magic to me. I mean. <laughs> Which, and I love watching them ride. Right. Those, those, um, those people are incredible. Um, but it sounds like
1: the perfect place yeah it sounds like the perfect place to be like a beginner intermediate surfer that's like trying to improve right so that and and that's probably why you have your surf school set up there
0: yeah and it's warm water and people will give you a high five and like there's also just I'd say 85% of surfers in this area are like beginner intermediate so like no one's gonna be like go back to the valley bro (laughs) you know everyone's everyone's like oh high right. five like you're killing it today like it's really supportive and it's quite lovely you know oh that but uh um, that sounds like a good yeah. community yeah there there was something i was just going to share with you i was i was a musician i think like a a really good bass player or some kind of musician and he said something that really stuck with me, man about like progression and he was like hmm. he's like when i was little like i never practiced and people were like, "What are you talking about? I didn't practice my instrument." Like, and the, you know, the interviewer was like, "Well, you must have done it because you're like one of the best guitarists in the world." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but like, like I, he's like, I wasn't that good in school, and like, I wasn't that like disciplined. So like, if someone said the word practice, you know, that means sit down, focus, and like do re- repetition, 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 like. And you know, I was like, I didn't right. practice my instrument. I played my instrument. And I really played. Like I took it down and I was like, what is this noise? Like, like, oh, well, that's fun. And like, I played with different scales and like, I didn't sit down and practice my scales like one, two, one, two. Yeah. Cause that's terrible. Like no one, no kid or any, no, like we're all kids inside. Like no one wants to, no one wants to practice. Some people do because they're really disciplined. Yeah. But like, you don't, you don't have to be a disciplined person to achieve great results. So what, what he's what his whole thing was is like don't practice your instrument play it play like mm. actually play it, play with it have a little game with your instrument like how does this sound mm. Woo, have fun with it explore it and if you do if you play if you mess around with your instrument every day you'll become really good um and yeah. if you practice I every mean, day like real focused you'll become good too but it's not a very nice progress it's not a nice process you got to enjoy the process yeah. as much as the end result you know
1: that's so true. So that you know, funny. you think about, yeah, you think about, like, Kelly Slater, and he's, when you, I mean, didn't you did you hear about how he skipped out on uh, hanging out with Obama for a second time to go surf pipe? Like, no, the dude is, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the dude is, like, you know, in his 50s now, and he's still so stoked on surfing. Like, that's how much yeah. he loves surfing. I think that's what makes no. surfing so unique is that, you know like you look at most pro athletes and like once you stop playing basketball or whatever it is like you kind of you're kind of done but with surfing it's like yeah. you still love it so much that's what you do when you you have time off and like Kelly still loves it this much even though he's been doing it for whatever
0: thousand years right and that's it's crazy and that's not a coincidence that the guy who loves surfing and is the most stoked is winning world tour events at 50 right and that he's more world titles than anybody else like that's not a coincidence that he's love surfing and he's good at it like that's that's what i'm trying to get across with this key you know point is like play surfing like i had a in um do you remember oh, what was his name like the manager out there and in i can't believe i lost it but he's like he's from the channel islands jersey and guernsey um i don't know if he was oh, there uh, sometimes he's like English English sounding the-
1: you mean it's in andy, northern smother
0: wasn't it yeah oh, it was andy? I, I maybe it was yeah. andy No, andy's from Andy's from australia but anyway like i can't believe i haven't forgot his name because i know him really well if he's listening sorry yeah but um he was incredible sir and like when he was like 15 16 he was winning like european national titles but like he just mm. wasn't that into competing but he could compete because he was amazing and he was the most playful right. surfer i've ever watched and he's incredible you know, that's the reason he moved to Indonesia uh. and married an Indonesian and he has a couple of kids now. Oh, time. Ross. You're talking about Ross. Ross. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Ross DeGroosh. Yeah. Like Ross is a super aspiring yeah. surfer to me because like, he's really good. But like, he's also likes to have a laugh and he's like, it's like Johnny, you know, if you're ever getting tired out here and he was my boss at the time and he was like, like, if you just need to get back yeah. like and we're in the middle of some project and we're working hard like doing fixing one of the villas or like we have a huge group and he's like if you need to have a bow just let me know sometimes you just need a bow sometimes you need to <laughs> still have fun and i was like you're the best boss ever ross this is incredible advice to me. but like <laughs> never father, had a had boss a like that nah he was so cool and like he's, he gets That's into awesome. he's a surfer too right so but like you know like dude that he turned you know
1: out. i still remember how crazy ross was because when i was there i remember he had a uh he had a, a shoulder injury. He he basically could not lift his arm, his hand above his yeah. head. He couldn't yeah, paddle with like one hand. One hand. Couldn't one paddle with one hand. Well, 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 yeah. And then I remember like rolling up to a spot and like somehow he paddles once into this wave and gets barreled on like the first wave. Like, and I'm just like, how, how, how did you do that with one hand, one arm, you know? Yeah. It's incredible. It was insane. Like, he used to but, do uh, things- That's, that's how good of a surfer he was.
0: Yeah, he is that good. And he loves it too. He's still smiling out there. And like his little Indo, half Indo, half English kids are going to be ripping. It'd be cool to go over there and see. They're probably already doing airs now at like age three or whatever. um But yeah, like yeah, the thing that's that, so cool uh, Ross yeah. taught me that I'll never forget is he's like, Do you want to go play surfing? <laughs> he used to say that. Huh. Like when we'd done all our jobs, Oof. right? And like we had a, a spare minute. He's, uh-huh. like, he's like, Right, boys. Like, Alright, we fixed the villa, like we've done we've done our chores, like we just dropped Van off at the airport, like should we go play surfing? And we all just used to stay it because it sounded funny. But like I only now realize the wisdom of that. Because he, he didn't love practice that. surfing. He didn't surf. He went and played surfing. Like you go play soccer or you go play basketball or whatever, like all right, Johnny.
1: Well, that's uh, some really good stuff, some r- real gold that you've been dropping here. But I feel like we should probably work towards wrapping up. We're definitely probably going to have to have you come back again, uh, maybe to talk about what it's like charging super heavy mainland Mexico. But um, uh, I thought we'd just talk about, you know, how can people get a hold of you? I know that you run a, a surf school and whatnot. Like, so what do you do, and, and how can people get a hold
0: of you? Uh, so if you just type sunset session, me- sorry, sunset sessions Mexico into Google it'll come up with um, Google Business, and then there's a link to the website there. Um, And then phone number, like anyone can call me from anywhere in the world, I will never mind about that. Um, WhatsApp is a really useful tool as well. Like if you don't want to sift through the website, you just want to be like, hey, I have a question. Um, My phone number is the same one as WhatsApp, so hammer me with that one. No problem. Um, Emails, I can reply to those, but like not the best at it so my take but yeah like everything you know instagram instagram is sunset sessions mexico website sunset sessions mexico.com if you type in just like his, i'm here you'll find me from that alone
1: okay cool and i'll make sure to put a link into the 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 notes and everything so people can find you and so just so people know like do you do everything from beginners to intermediates do you do advanced surfers as well like
0: yeah, so we do mainly beginners at the moment because that's where most of the money is just because most people, you know, this area is like a very beginner-friendly area, but um, maybe with yeah. your help, plan because of your awesome followership and <laughs> stuff. Like, um, I'm putting all my money and time into investing in teaching more advanced clients. I have a couple of clients that will do like, um, you know, they'll come out here for six weeks and they'll, they'll just surf once a week with me or twice a week with me. And those guys have done Incredible stuff. and we've had. I really enjoy like my my training, my training equipment and skills is all like video analysis, high end, personal, professional coaching. And we have Mm -hmm. like boats, boards, everything. You know, balance tools. We have access to swimming pools. We actually have access to a concrete skate park with like, surf skates, which I think is huge. Probably do a whole podcast on surf skates. Find some surf skate legend. They're so cool. good for training. Um, but yeah, I do everything. I prefer to do advanced, but I'll do beginners all day.
1: Yeah. I all love right. That too. Cool, man. Well, uh, we'll have to happy- have it. You- oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, so I was just going to mention that like that Martin Dunn, if you go to his website, he's an incredible surf coach and both Van and I have gone on there. And like, if you just email him, he'll answer anything. And he has this little, like this little system that I'm just, um, tried out this like this surfing cards and that's just if you want to surf on your own and you don't have a coach you just like pick a card out and then it gives you like you know like whatever bottom turn and it'll give you three key points and you actually take it down to the beach and then it just keeps you on track like when you're learning specific maneuvers or you're learning wave selection or whatever. I just thought it was a really cool idea because like I'm a messy person. And I, like, I'll never remember to, like, bring a notebook. And if I do bring a notebook, it will get covered in sand. So, like, you get, like, a little thingy. And, yeah, I'm using that with my clients now. Yeah. Cool. Um, Okay. This keeps you on track. Yeah. So, I thought I'd mention that one. And then we can maybe, maybe then we could link, like, Brett Barley, uh, Chapin, like, from Surf Pro Techniques. Yep. Um, And then, who are my main ones? Oh, have you experienced barefoot surf? I learned a bunch of stuff off there with YouTube videos cool have you used, have you yeah. Seen those guys? yeah yeah i've seen them yeah, yeah. great yeah. all right so the
1: youtube videos
0: those guys are great.
1: awesome man well uh thanks again for uh joining us and um yeah i'm sure people are gonna be excited to hear i just love i love your message of just having fun it's awesome so thanks much man go play surfing <laughs> all right cool hey everyone it's van hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast hopefully you've been listening to some good stories getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer if so make sure to subscribe to the podcast leave us a review it'll only take you literally a few seconds and share it with your friends that's the best way you can support me so i can continue to create awesome new content for you so thanks